0: Welcome to the Calvary Chapel Naples Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this week's message. For more information about this podcast and other Calvary Chapel Naples resources, please visit us at ccnaples.org. Welcome to Calvary Chapel Naples and uh, happy, happy Good Friday to you. It's always... Odd, I think, to say Happy Good Friday, because it's like there's this mixture of themes going on in a night like tonight. If you're here with us uh, for the first time, we're so glad you've come. Um, we hope you sense the Lord's love here. Um, if you don't have a Bible, would you put your hand up, though, because we've got guys who would bring Bibles down the aisles. <laughs> it's like selling peanuts at the game, right? Who... Take a Bible and a pack of peanuts. (laughs) When Jesus was alive on the earth, he spoke of his sacrifice. And he spoke of that sacrifice with his disciples, with him. Very often their response was that of not understanding or not knowing what it was that he was speaking of. And a particular instance of this was from John chapter 10, verses 45. So you go ahead and turn your Bibles there. And actually, as we turn, I'm just reminded, I think I should probably pray. Well, Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, remembering your death on that, on that cross, Lord, as we just sung the scandalous, the scandalous, the beautiful, scandalous night. And we just pray, Lord, for the revelation that comes only by your Holy Spirit as we study your word tonight. And as we attend to you, Lord, would you attend to us? Would you attend to all these here in the room, Lord? Their problems, their pains, their joys, their concerns. And would you be the minister, Lord? And we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And actually, since I've already interrupted myself, I am thinking I might as well interrupt myself a second time. Can can you pass me that Easter thing? Thanks. Um, We have these in the lobby, and they didn't quite come in time for last Sunday. So, on your way out of here, um, go ahead and pick a couple up. Invite a few friends for for Easter Sunday, 9 and 11 o'clock. That's pretty much it. So, Mark, excuse me, John chapter 10, verses 45. And Jesus speaking said this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. This is John 10, verse 45. Okay, so I got the first verse wrong. This is, this is going great. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I wish I could say I was testing you. I think, the, I think it's more like the Lord is testing you, and then the Lord is humbling me. <laughs> well, he still said that. <laughs> he did. Is it Mark ten forty-five? This is going great. <laughs> we'll just skip right to communion, I think, you know. We get it now? (laughs) So once again, he spoke while he was here saying, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And we're going to be speaking tonight on this issue of the ransom and the issue of the sacrifice. And if you've been in church for any period of time, You've heard these words. You've heard about the sacrifice of Jesus, that it was there and it was offered as a ransom, literally a payment to purchase others so that they could be free. But why? Why was it that a sacrifice was needed? Why is it that he had to come and die in such a gruesome way? Why also is it, Do we read that this is part of God's plan, the unfolding of the plan and the culmination of the plan, to offer his son, after doing so many years of miraculous things on the earth, to then offer him up on a cross to bleed and to die? Well, in order for us to fully understand Jesus on the cross, we need to go back we need to go back, and we need to review, and we need to remember a brief history of sacrifice in the Old Testament, those things that would have been leading up to the reason as to why Jesus had to die on a cross. So my teaching tonight for Good Friday, turning back a brief history of biblical sacrifice. Let's turn to the book of Genesis, where it all started. Chapter 3. As you probably know, this was the chapter of the entering of sin into our world. Eve was tempted and she gave in. She then gave to Adam. He agreed. He took of the fruit of that which they were not supposed to take. It's amazing, isn't it? Such a simple act of disobedience. And sin entered the world by that one thing. And they tried to cover themselves. Read with me, look in verse 7 of chapter 3. The eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. Now, I don't know if you've worn a fig leaf outfit before. But can you just imagine that? Those dried leaves sewn together with who knows what, probably some kind of plant material man, that would chafe so bad. They tried to find their own covering. But it was insufficient. And we read, fast forwarding to verse 21, that the Lord had a plan right from the get-go, right from the first sin right from the first beginnings of religion of people trying to cover themselves. Oh, I can make myself better. Oh, I can, I can cover my nakedness. I can cover my, my sin my own way. But the Lord had a, a, a better plan. In verse 21, it says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And I don't know if you've ever noticed that before in reading through the biblical text. So there's the issue of the skin, right? Which means that something, some animal had to be killed. And then he would have taken those skins and created an actual garment, a tunic, no less, something to cover them Perfectly. Have you ever had? If you haven't had the fig leaf thing, which I'm guessing most of you have, but have you ever had a a tailored shirt or an almost good enough shirt from TJ Maxx, maybe <laughs> that just fits perfectly? Do you have a, the favorite pair of jeans? Like it goes on, and you're just like, yes, I don't look very good, but in these, I look okay. I'm going to go with the okay tailor-made tailor-made for them and I think just that contrast of of the tunics that were given to them with the fig leaves they tried to make for themselves and we see what the Lord was doing at the very very beginning of time was he was making a provision to cover his people and also to atone for their sin because with those tunics Came death of those animals and the shedding of blood. And I can't imagine but that at some point Adam and Eve, having then been clothed with those tunics, would have looked back and said, But wait a second, where did these where did these come from? Have have you ever done that in your life? You, You look back on the things that occurred before. Sometimes you look back and you're like, well, how did I get here? Well, for the Christian, it's like, how did I become forgiven? What was it that provided the way for me to be clean? And it was that looking back and remembering that those animals had to be slain so they could have the perfect tunics of skin. Let's fast forward onto another example from Genesis chapter 22. Here with Abraham and Isaac, this is one of my favorite chapters in in the book of Genesis, much less the Old Testament itself. Verse 2 of chapter 22 reads and says this, Then God said, he said, was God, Take now your son, he's speaking to, to Abraham, your only son Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So they travel a couple of days and we'll skip to verse five. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father! And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I'm going to pause right there. In this chapter, we run into three words of which the first instance they are given in the Bible is right here. This is the first time in the Bible we read of the word. Love, your only son whom you love. The first time we hear the word worship, that the lad and I will go yonder and worship. And also the first time we hear the word lamb, all in the same set of verses. Continuing on in verse 8 And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And so the two of them went together. And actually, if you go back and study this in the original language, the word for isn't really in the text or implied in the text. It really more, like, it more reads like this. My son, God will provide himself the lamb. As they proceed on, it says, Then they came to the place, verse 9, which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And you can only imagine what that moment would have been like. Terror and fear and and bewilderment. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram. Notice this. It's a ram, not a lamb. They're different words. He went and behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And so here we have yet another example of Old Testament sacrifice that is so important because we read here now not only the covering, but we read of these so important concepts a substitute a substitute. We read also of an only son that was supposed to be offered and yet wasn't at that time. And we read also that God will provide himself the lamb. But the lamb was not offered yet because here it was a ram. And just like with Adam and Eve looking back and remembering the animals that were slain, so that they could be covered. I also wonder now if Abraham also had those moments in his life where he looked back and remembered that his son had almost been offered as a sacrifice and then remembered that gracious last-minute reprieve. The ram provided at the last moment so that his son could be free. Turn with me now to the book of Exodus chapter 12 verses beginning in verse 3. This is years later. This is now the time of Moses. This is the time of the of the Exodus. And this is nearing the time where all the plagues have now almost come through and we're down to the last plague. Which, of course, was the death of the firstborn son. That should not escape your attention either. Because what is happening here as we go through all these stories is we're creating a tapestry from the Old Testament of everything that would kind of pre or foreshadow the things that would have happened on Calvary on this day, Good Friday. And here we have yet another story that is added to the account. Verse 3 of chapter 12, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be what? Without blemish. No faults. A male of the first year, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And then here's what they're supposed to do with that lamb in verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood when they kill it at twilight, and they shall put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And you can imagine what these people are thinking. They've been in bondage. They've seen the Lord do these miraculous plagues and now he's telling them that there's this one last one that's coming and they're supposed to do what? They're supposed to apply the blood of an innocent animal on this side of the doorway and on this side of the doorway and at the lentil. The blood and the blood. What was it like the next day? Were there Israelites who disobeyed? Were there those who said, this surely can't be the way that we are supposed to be rescued? This, no. And did they wake up with a dead son in their home? And did those who obeyed the next day, having their sons, say, how can this be? How is it that me applying this blood... Caused the angel of death to pass over my house so we could be free. And that's exactly what sacrifice does. Speaking in a kind of philosophical way, sacrifice causes you and me to look back, to remember. The ones who sacrificed so that you and I could not be under the bondage of sin. Under the bondage of self. You know, sacrifice is an interesting thing. In our world, it's become a rarer and rarer thing. You hear of it, though. It's still powerful. It's still it's still important. You hear about the sacrifice of, of mothers for their children, fathers. I was reading a story just this week of a man by the name of Frank DiMartini. He was working in the World Trade Center on 9-11, up on the 77th floor. This man was known as a kind of a regular guy. He was, he was part of the administration of the Port, Port Authority, and on that day where the plane struck, it was about 10 stories above where they were and they could tell something terrible had, had happened. He spent the last hours of his life leading people and finding a stairwell so people could get to fa- safety. And then he, would, he heard someone else crying on a floor above them. He went up there with some guys. He even escorted his own wife to go down ahead of him. Frank DeMartini did not make it out of those towers. And here's the only reason why I tell you that story. Obviously, it's a heroic action, but it's a heroic action because of this. Because of the fact that he sacrificed himself. And that speaks so loudly in our time, does it not? When you see someone who sacrificed themselves for another, there is an honor there is a beauty and there is a power of that that you cannot deny. And they interviewed all these people who were alive because of his sacrifice. And all they could do is, is, is talk to the camera and say, I, 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 I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I do know this. He took his life and gave me mine. But even this story of Frank Demartini, even this story is just a shadow of the greater sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice. Jesus on the cross. The agony of him being poured out, the agony of him being scourged, the agony of him being mocked and beaten, insulted, reviled, so many things shouted upon him. How did he stand it? How did he walk through it? It says in the scripture, but the joy set before him, the joy. That joy is in this room right now. You are his joy, church. And for the joy set before him, he endured that cross so that you and I wonderfully, marvelously, miraculously could be free. He said these amazing words at the end of his time. He shouted them out. It is finished. Paid in full. The debt of mankind going again all the way back. Do you think his mind was not in this place of remembering the first sacrifice? He remembered those skins. He remembered the ram of Abraham he remembered the beginning of the Passover lamb. And then he became the fulfillment. All those pictures combined together in one beautiful piece of art, the sacrifice of God's only son so that you and I could be free. Today, today, can you look back and see him in your mind's eye? Can you look back and see the suffering Savior? Can you look back and know that because of what he did, you can have what he offers, which is forgiveness of all your sins, His love ran red, right? And our sin washed what color, church? Let's say that again. Our sin washed what? White. White. How astounding is that? How How is it that your sin is white? How is it that your your problems, the things that have come out of your mouth have become white? How is it that the thoughts that have come through your head and your heart are white? How is it that you and I can have this thing called eternal life, which he gives to all who put their faith in them? How in the world is that possible? The sacrifice of God's Son on the cross is the answer to that question. Jesus, our Passover lamb, the fulfillment of all that came before. We're going to end our time today before we sing a last song of, of praise. We're going to end our time with communion. We're going to do it quietly, silently. Communion, of course, is is the bread and the cup that come that came from that last Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. The bread, his, his broken body, the blood, the wine. And if you're here today, and 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 maybe you've heard some of these ideas of sacrifice before. Or maybe you've you've known about Abraham and Isaac, or you've you've heard about the echoes of Calvary. You've heard about this sacrifice, you've heard about this Savior, but if you've never actually put your faith in Him, if you've never, as the Passover story tells us, if you've never actually applied the blood to your life, saying, Jesus, I need you to cover my blemish, Jesus, I need you to cover my faults, my sins, my errors, then before we take communion, I'm going to just lead us all in a prayer. And if that's you, just in the quietness of your own seat, would you please ask the Lord, ask him, ask him into your life, say, I need to apply your blood so that I can have forgiveness of sins. And then, Begin that relationship with Jesus Christ. Begin the relationship. Do not wait another day, another moment. It is where true and abundant living is and it's only place where forgiveness and eternal life can be had. So let's pray to that end. And church, if you are saved, please join me in praying. Well, Father, we pray for all these gathered here. Each one, a son or daughter that you made, people who you know, people who you care for. And Lord, if there are any here that have not received you, have not said, Jesus, come, come in me. I need your blood to to cover my sin, to forgive me, so that I can say my sin turned White, I don't even understand how that's possible, but I know that you can do it. Forgive me of my sin. You paid the price for me. I put my faith in you. If you prayed that prayer right now, then I would invite you And I would tell you, you are now a blood-bought son and daughter of the king. And I just feel like for some reason we need to just actually applaud and just thank the Lord for the fact that he would even do that. And if you received him today, you are more than welcome to join us as we partake of the bread and the cup. Brothers, would you go ahead and pass them out? If you did not receive him, though, if you are are not born again, if you've not received Christ, please just let the cup pass, okay? And as we now take it together as the church, remembering the great sacrifice, remembering that our sins became white because of the agony accomplished at Calvary, Then we're going to just take a moment to silently pray together in thanksgiving for what the Lord has done for us. Let's take 30 seconds of silence to just pray on our own, and then I'll lead us through communion. Please don't partake of it quite yet. Matthew 26:26 26, 26. And as they were eating Jesus took the bread blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you suffered on that scandalous night for our benefit. And Lord, we, we can never deserve that gift of forgiveness. We can never repay it, but we can be thankful. We can even take joy on this day of celebrating your sacrifice and say, wow, what an amazing God and Lord we serve, one who would give his life for me. And Lord, help us to always remember that we can look back upon your sacrifice, upon the grace that is offered us day by day to walk in this earth and through this time. And Lord, may you bless and wash and cleanse your people here this morning. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. This evening, excuse me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please again, take a a flyer on your way out. God bless you guys. Have a great, good Friday evening.